When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy. Hey everyone, it's Charlotte Jonesy here, the women's coach. Welcome to the Unfiltered Life Podcast. On this show, I'll be sharing the highs and lows of life with helpful hints, tips, and experiences. I want to inspire you to step outside of your comfort zone, to turn your pain into purpose, and create your own version of success. As a life coach, mindset mentor, and mum, I am passionate about helping women through life's challenges. My guests and I will get uncomfortable so that you can feel comfortable, bringing you a real, honest and unfiltered view. If back then, when I was a size 10, I had the mindset I have now, I I would be happy. It was nothing to do with with how I looked. It was all to do with the mind and how I thought about how I looked and what I thought about myself when I looked in that mirror. And one of the really important steps to that, not only accepting your body, but also you as a person, I think you have to love yourself as a person before you can start to accept what's on the outside. And that can be a whole load of stuff to kind of unpack and uncover and you might not even be aware. It could be quite a subconscious thing. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Unfiltered Life podcast. Today we're talking body acceptance with the lovely Leah, also known as Devoted to Pink Online. She is on a mission to help women have a healthier body image, a positive mindset and accept the body that they live in. She's ambitious, she's down to earth and she's a real positive influence in the world. In this episode we're going to discuss Leah's journey from going from a size 24 to a 10 and to a 14, her tummy tuck surgery, how mindset is the key to body acceptance and advice on how to accept the body that you live in and loads more. So Leah, welcome to the Unfiltered Life podcast. Hi, thanks. I'm getting all embarrassed that lovely intro you gave me. (laughs) I know. Do you know what? It's one of the most amazing things to actually like pull it all together as in like what someone is like and sum them up. It's really nice to actually do it. But I want to dive straight into your body acceptance story. Like, tell us, where did it start? What challenges did you have to overcome? And where are you now with it? Well, I think I probably need to go back to the beginning. So it might be a bit of a long story. So bear with me um, in terms of really where it started. So I... My whole life, as long as I can remember of my longest memories, is I've hated how I looked from a child. I was called fat. Um, I therefore internalised that to also being ugly. Uh, I was never, I never had family that complimented me on the way I look. Um, that's just not the way they are. And so with only hearing negative stuff being said to you and no positive stuff to try and combat that, I had issues from an early age anyway. I, I'd i say like throughout my whole childhood, school years, I was overweight, um, maybe what you call a bit chubby, but never really, really fat. Um, but then when I got into sort of later, like later teens, that's when I started to pile the weight on. 
Um, and yeah, by the time I was late teens, early 20s, I was a, a size 24. If I was to talk about that, that would be a whole other podcast episode to talk about how I got there and what that was like. So I won't do that. But ultimately, I, I, I lost weight and I lost nine stone in the end. And I got down to a size sort of 10, if not bordering eight. And I was very, very slim. However, even though I was that size, I still hated the way I looked. Hated it, hated it. I put everything apart. I always thought I was fat and I was, I think I pretty much was born on body dysmorphia because I never saw, look in the mirror, what other people saw. And it's only now in hindsight when I look back at pictures that I can really see that because at the time, if you'd asked me, I would say I was really fat and I, people would get annoyed at me when I was saying that. I think they thought I was like insulting them, but I genuinely, genuinely believed I was. And looking back at pictures now, I was nowhere near that. Back then as well, fat was seen as the worst thing I could possibly be because that is what I'd spent so long trying to get away from, losing the weight. I'd then had to have quite a lot of, well, didn't have to, but I had quite a lot of reconstructive surgery because I had a lot of excess skin and every time I went in for surgery, I thought this was going to be what was going to make me happy. And this is what was going to make me prettier. And this was going to make me people more more people like me, make boys fancy me. It was going to transform my life. And after the surgery, it didn't, it didn't transform my life. I still hated myself. And, you know, after lots of surgery and still losing lots of weight, it was still not good enough. I still hated how I looked. And this went on for a long, long period of time. I also developed during those years various different eating disorders as well, which at the time I didn't realise I had. Um, it's only been in recent time I've really realised that that's, that's what I had because I'd made excuses. You make excuses for yourself for why you do things and why you don't do things. And I never realised to the extent of the issues I had. So, yeah, moving forward to more recent times, I then started to put on some weight and that was it's probably for a lot of women quite hard to accept. But for someone like me who came from doing everything she could to lose the weight and having issues with food um, and how she looked, then putting on weight was the worst thing that could possibly happen. Um, and it really made me look at myself and start to question a lot of things. And it's around that time I started following accounts on social media to do with body confidence and body acceptance. Then that was sort of coincided with really lockdown last year, a year ago. And during lockdown, I put on a hell of a lot more, more weight, like a lot of people did in the country or in the world, in fact. So I really feel like it's, I've really improved and started this journey probably just over a year ago. So not actually that long, but my whole story of how I got to that point is, is much longer from, from, being overweight and then gaining a lot of weight and then losing it and just putting it on. So it's been quite a journey to try and accept going from a size 10 to a size 14 that I am now. And it's something what I always say to people is I'm not cured. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm on that journey and I'm in a much better place than I, I have been. Yeah, I mean, even though you had reconstructive surgery, you went down to what you thought was your ideal weight, you probably had like myself I thought when I'd get to a size six that I would be really happy 
but I got to that size six and I, I wasn't. And it's because we have this fantasy image of what we think we would look like or how we would feel when we got to that certain point. And I think it's really interesting just listening to you, Leah, because like even though you did all of that in terms of, you know, and pushing yourself and punishing yourself, really, actually it still wasn't enough and you know we speak about this a lot on our own platforms it's all about your mindset and would you say like that's kind of what you're working on now because you've had this realization definitely I I realized that if back then when I was a size 10 I had the mindset I have now I I would be happy it was nothing to do with with how I looked it was all to do with the, the mind and how I thought about how I looked and what I thought about myself when I looked in that mirror. And one of the really important steps to that is actually not only accepting your body, but also you as a person. I think you have to love yourself as a person before you can start to accept what's on the outside. And quite often people who have issues with how they look is actually deeper issues, rooted issues in how they feel about themselves. And that can be a whole load of stuff to kind of unpack and uncover. And you might not even be aware. It could be quite a subconscious thing. And it's only really through therapy and things you can really find that out. But it was looking back, it was never actually how I looked. It was all about how I how I felt I looked. And actually no one else felt that, what I did about myself. It was all in my mind. So that's why I'm really trying hard now to work on myself and help educate others to say, you haven't actually got to change your body. You've got to change the way you think about your body. And what would you say you've done that has changed your mindset to help you think differently about it? I think one of the biggest things is reading up about it and following positive influences on social media. I unfollowed a lot of accounts that were maybe not as positive for me and that would be different to each individual person. And then I made sure I followed a lot of positive accounts and it's not like you look at it and one day you suddenly change. It's over time you realise those messages do start to go in, into your brain. You start Your brain starts to take note, especially if you're on social media a lot like I am. You're looking at it every day. I look back now and think, wow, the, the way I think now, even from a year on, is massively changed. And as much as people have, say, social media has a negative impact on society, and it does, there's also a lot of positives to come from it. And I think for me, that is a massive positive that has come from it. I can't see how actually I would have got to where I am today without following all these accounts together because I can't see how I would have gained that information elsewhere. Um, it's, you, know, you don't see that sort of information flipping through a magazine or on the news. or um, So really, social media is the place where I gained that information. And I think it was a definitely a really positive step for me to take was to follow those accounts there's there's a handful of them oh absolutely like i can also say that it's changed the way that we have viewed our bodies hasn't it as in like it's a community and it's interesting because i was thinking about this the other day and women interestingly don't speak about it within their friendship groups like you don't hear many women say oh, I speak about my body image with my friends. Like you might say, oh, I don't, does this dress look okay? Or do I, you know, does this look okay on me? Or, you know, something along those lines. But I feel like we've never really sat 
around with a group of friends or and you know uh my cellulite is really you know getting to me or well do you know what you know, charlotte my friends are the opposite we would all sit together and probably still do talking about how awful we think we all look we'd go oh, i've put on so much weight and then the other girl would go yeah i've put on so much oh, weight yeah. too and and oh god i just don't fit into my clothes and i feel awful oh i just feel and those are the conversations i've had countless times with so many friends for years that, that's all we do is talk about with each other how bad we look and then your, your mate might go oh don't be silly you look fine but that's kind of really as you know I think you look great as you are but that's really as far as it goes yeah. we, we didn't really delve any deeper than that yeah that's I think that's where I'm coming from in terms of like we've probably said oh I've put on a bit of weight or you know oh, I don't feel great or like there would be conversations around that but when I think about the influencers like yourself and like you know so many of them out there that actually share the real rawness of it like you know sharing stretch marks in their raw um and real light or you know sharing cellulite the way that we see it I used to be quite embarrassed to get changed in front of my friends you know do you remember like in PE I used to be quite like ashamed of of getting dressed in front of my friends because my body didn't look like the skinny or slim size because I started puberty really young. Yeah, 100%. I can remember, I can't ever remember being confident about the way I looked. Like I say, as far as I can remember, my first childhood memories of being, thinking I was fat and thinking I was ugly and, and not liking the way I looked. That's all I can remember my childhood. So I didn't want anyone to see my body. I can never remember being a young free child with my clothes off. It was always worrying about how I looked. It's quite sad, really, when you think I had a childhood with memories like that. And, you know, with when it then got to, and I got older and it got to partners, I would never let a partner see me naked, basically. It was, um, even in intimate situations, it would be, you know, covers and clothes and lights off and curtains shut and God knows what. And there's no way I would have got undressed in front of them. And... As time went on, I you know, things got better. But yeah, for years, I've just, how can I hide my stomach? How can I, oh, I don't want them to touch this part of me. And oh God, have they just seen that? Have they just felt that bit of fat? And, you know, this is someone you could have been with for years who you knew loved you, but I was still worrying and thinking about that. And I remember, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but. Did you share that with them? like the partners that you were with no yeah so you kept it in your mind no and so I had partners as well who they met me after surgery so I have got a lot of scars over my body and I never told them and some of them never asked so I was with them for years and they never asked what are those scars they also knew I didn't want to talk about it and I never offered the information up so they never I never told them so they just, I think, knew that I was uncomfortable about it and just didn't say anything because I was so embarrassed about being previously fat and what that, what they might think of me because of that. And it sounds silly now. It sounds silly. But I remember one one boyfriend, um, I started going out with him and I um, within within about five months of us being together, we decided to go on holiday together. And he had never seen me with like no clothes on. So I remember being at work and saying to the girls at work, I've got to go on holiday. What am I going to do? He's never seen, he's never seen my body and I'm going to have to be in a bikini. What am I going to do? Like freaking out big time. And they were like, Leah, you're just going to have to, you know, at home now start showing in your body. So he 
just start showing bits and each week show more and more. So then when he sees you in a bikini, it's going to be fine. I was like, I don't know what to do. I just can't do that. I mean, just looking back, it's ridiculous. I was having conversations with girls at work saying, what am I going to do? I can't. It's my boyfriend who I'm going on holiday with seeing me in a bikini because he's never seen my body. He's going to freak out when he sees it. I was convinced he just would just be like, what the hell is that? Um, so they were like, you need to do it, you need to do it. And each weekend closer to the to the holiday, I didn't show him. So it comes to the holiday and I am, God, shitting myself, quite frankly. Like, what am I going to do? We get there, we unpack, he decides he wants to go straight to the pool. And first of all, I take my swimming costume and have I told you this story before, before, by the way? No. So I take my swimming costume, my bikini and like a, a beach cover-up dress and I take it into the toilet to get changed. Because I thought I'm not changing in front of him in the bedroom. I go into the toilet, come out, I've got the bikini on the dress on top. We go down to the pool. He's straight away in his trunks lying there and it is sweltering hot. Right? And I've got his dress on. He's like, after a while, he says, you're going to take your dress off? And I'm like, yeah, in a minute. Well, I've just seen, you can imagine the anxiety like this. I just built it up to be such a big thing in my head for yeah. so long thinking, I have no idea what I'm going to do now. I, I've got a week of this. I'm so hot in this dress. I don't know what to do. So my worst part was my stomach because it's covered in stretch marks. So I just took the dress off and straight away laid on my stomach so he could only see the back. And then after a while, I was like, I need, I need to turn over. This must have taken hours, hours since all to happen by the pool. Getting a really good tan on your back. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, obviously turned around and looked and saw he never said anything. And I was like, oh, I've got away with this. I thought, how's he not seen it? Mm. But even, you know, by the end of that week at holiday, I still didn't, I did not want to bend over in that bikini. I did not want to see him see me on my side. I would only lay there sucking my stomach in. Like, how ridiculous. This is a guy who I'd end up being with for years that I would do anything to try and stop him, what I thought, seeing a certain bad part of my body. Um, and that was the way I lived my life for so long, Charlotte, was hating how I looked. And he actually probably didn't even notice or take much notice of it or really care or, you know, He's, we carried on being together for years after that. It clearly didn't make a difference. But to me, it mattered. But that is just crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it's amazing what lengths you go to. I'm just, you just reminded me like, yeah, going on holiday and not wanting to get up to go and get a drink or anything because you don't want to walk past people or you, you know, you don't want to bend over like because you don't want your roles to be there or sit you know the way that you would sit by the pool as well it's just actually mental if I was going to the toilet or the bar to, if it might be a few steps I would put a dress on top I would no way walk even five steps without a beach dress on to go and get a drink now it's a completely different kettle of fish I'm waddling over I don't care like and if it wobbles in your face you're gonna get it like I don't care I walk over but back That's then amazing. I cared. I cared so much what people thought of me and how I looked because I felt that my worth weight weight was so much based around how I looked. And I wanted people to like how I look and for me to be accepted. Yeah. And I think that's because we were conditioned by the media, by what we, you know, were told is that our worth was by our weight, wasn't it? As in like, you know, if you're if you're skinnier and you look a certain way, then you are a better person or, you know, the media. I, I just remember like the magazines and the front covers that you would see, like as in someone with cellulite and, you know, walking on the beach and she's got flabby, you know, a bit of 
um, you know, um, stomach hanging over her trousers or, you know, over a bikini and that it would be circled, you know, on the front and, you know, it would be like a negative headline towards it. And then someone who, I don't know, post-birth as an example, that's bounced back and they would share that as in like, they would highlight it and put them on a pedestal as in like, look at this, look how amazing she looks. And that's what we were fed for so long. So like, no wonder why a lot of us didn't even realise we had eating disorders. And you mentioned this earlier, is that actually you didn't realise you had them because it was kind of like, you just wanted to get to this certain way or what you thought was good enough but you did it however you could. And that was either, you know, like myself, I, you know, made myself sick or I didn't eat. Like I took diet pills, you know, I basically lived on protein and no carbohydrates for a very long time as well. But yeah, just, it's just crazy what we actually did to ourselves. So what would you say, like, if you were looking back at your younger self what would you say to her now oh dear I would definitely say to her that your worth does not lie in how you look and to stop giving so much time and energy to how you look and do you know what if I wish that the story that I'm telling you today I wish I had someone to hear that story back when I was in my 20s I wish I had people to hear that from because I didn't like you were just saying, I mean, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and there was no social media and you only saw slim models everywhere, TV, magazines, newspapers. And the only time you might have seen a fat person was when they were advertising diet products. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only time. You just didn't see it. It was it was not the way it is now. And so that's the way I grew up and that's all I knew. Um, so I wish I could tell her that your worth is not lying your looks and just to be kinder to yourself yeah I hope now with like the the movements you know the body acceptance confidence neutrality like all of those I I hope that it actually sends a big message to the younger generation and actually it's okay to have a different type of body to someone else and you know all different shapes and sizes and because we didn't have that and I wish that we had it as well but how do you find like the strength and courage because A lot of people will admire what you do on your platform. I know people that say to me, you know, I'm I'm so glad that you've posted this. I could never do that as in like I'd just be so worried what people thought. So how do you find the strength and courage to do it and post it so raw and real online? Like I said to you just now, I was someone who hid my body. Uh, I, I hated it. And when I was fat, I hid it even more. So there's very few pictures of me when I was size 24. Um, because I hated anyone seeing me. I, I, you could just, if you saw a picture, I was hiding behind someone. And then even when I lost the weight, I still had massive issues. So I've gone from that, from literally hating how I look, hiding myself, only wearing back clothes, to now suddenly posting pictures of myself wearing very little, showing all my so-called imperfections. And for me, the courage has totally 100% come from helping others. And it was when I did my very first post and the amount of comments and DMs I got from people saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I I feel so much better at myself. I, I don't see images like this. Like 
you, you know, you've got a stomach like mine or you've got scars like me. And suddenly to know that I could help others was the biggest, biggest thing that spurred me on. And to this day, it still is. And anytime I might feel a bit cautious about posting something or a bit insecure, I say, I know that this insecurity of mine is going to, so many other women will feel this and this will help them. This will help them. And I want to show that it is normal to have a body like I have. It's knowing that I can help others. Yeah. And you recently did a post, which I really admire. Um, it's the one where you said this is not a mum tum. And it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. And it's one that I haven't seen much of. It's almost implied that if you have stretch marks across your stomach, that you must have had a baby like people uh, assume and there's also other people that you know being a mum it's like oh these are my 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 marks you know from having a baby and it's kind of it's seen positively because you've had a baby that you've stretched and you've grown so to see your you know, your posts so raw and like, this isn't a mum time and it's it's so normal as well to have stretch marks across your stomach and you haven't given birth. Um, and do, would you say that you've had that? Like, do people assume that you've had a baby? Yeah, I get so many comments, so many comments and DMs from people saying, um, you know, I've had kids and, and got a stomach just like yours. Um, thank you for showing that mum tums are acceptable. How many kids have you got? I've got a tummy like yours. Oh, loads of loads of DMs and, and comments like this around my stomach. And I don't have children. And I, I understand why people say that because, again, we're not often presented with bodies with lots of stretch marks on the stomach. And when we are, they are usually associated with women who have children. So that's why I'm doing it. I'm trying to raise awareness for people out there like myself who have got severe stretch marks in their stomach and haven't got any children. So I don't necessarily blame anyone. Um, I'm just trying to raise more awareness of it. And that's why I do it. Yeah, I think what you're saying is 100% right. When I started seeing the posts around stretch marks in stomachs, it was people saying, um, I've earned my tiger stripes from mums and you know, I'm not ashamed of these, these, these grew my baby. These are signs that I housed my baby for nine months and that that's all great. And I, I, I don't discredit any of that. That's all very true, but it was very much insinuating those sort of posts that it's acceptable to have those stretch marks if you're a mother. And so then where does that leave people like myself who've got them, who, who aren't a mum? So I personally want to try and take that narrative away to say that stretch marks are okay if you're a mum and you've had a baby it's just stretch marks are okay let's just leave it that let's not bring the mum child thing into it so if you are a, a mum listening to this and you've got a postpartum stomach with with covered in stretch marks don't think it's okay just because you've got a child it's just okay to have them yeah and also like I'd love to change the n narrative around this because yes okay your skin has stretched but also I I think if you look at stretch marks literally from 
childhood and the reason why we all get them it comes from growth so like you can have them when you're you're a teenager because you've grown like you can have them on your arms on your I had them on my hips um you know loads of people get them on their boobs like there's loads of reasons why you have stretch marks so like you know from childhood to teenager years then it could be weight gain weight loss it can be childbirth there's all sorts of reasons why people have stretch marks so like it's about growth as a person not necessarily like there's always a story behind the stretch marks like whatever it is I feel like stretch marks has got such a bad reputation now and we're trying to like change that but they're seen negatively whereas I feel like when we speak about growth we see that as like a positive thing so I mean you know what it I'm I'm a wordy person <laughs> so to me it's like changing the narrative around it and actually seeing it as growth marks rather than stretch marks they're just scars they're just scars like any other scar on your body that you have and we all majority of us have scars that tell a story of some sort but again it just goes back to the way that they've always been shown in the media so that they had like a real negative connotation attached to it so hopefully you know with like the community of you know the body confidence body acceptance movements that actually we can start to change that and people view them differently ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Just on those as, you know, movements, it was really interesting. I was speaking to a friend the other day and she was saying to me, I'm really not happy with the weight that I am. She loves like the body acceptance, body confidence movement. And she feels part of it. She feels part of a community, but she wants to lose weight. And she said that I feel like I'm going against that if I lose the weight. And I found this really interesting because it's almost like you have a bit of a fight in your head. I feel like this as well, because, you know, postpartum I've shared exactly what my body's looked like and all the stages that it's gone through and I've been part of this movement but I've lost weight over the past month but I've worked hard at it and also my friend was saying she doesn't want to lose the weight because she doesn't feel like she'll be accepted in it so it's like having this kind of battle between wanting to feel good and look good and lose weight but then also not going against the movement. I just wanted to know what your take is on that. So my take is going to probably be very different to most other influencers out there that talk about body acceptance and body confidence. And uh, if any of them listen to this, maybe I'll get cancelled for it. (laughs) Hopefully not. Everyone gets cancelled for everything these days. Oh, no, so... (laughs) Yeah, I do have a different opinion to to most of them. 
on it. But it's not to say that my view won't change over time because my views have changed a lot in the last year. But this is where I am with it. So a lot of people who are part of the body acceptance and confidence movement are also anti-diet. They are strongly anti-diet and they believe that diets don't work and that there are a lot of negatives with going on a diet. And I agree with those points partially. However, if, I'm not talking about your friend here, by the way, but if there was someone who was morbidly obese and for their health, they need to lose weight. And uh, there are situations I know that's happened. And the doctor has said, you know, for these health reasons, you need to lose weight. I would be silly, I feel, to sit here and say, no, can't go on a diet. No, don't do that. But I also understand that it is a very slippery slope to get on. You and I both know that. <laughs> it's doing it with a caveat, which, and I'm not, I don't have the magic answer to this, by the way. I'm just kind of saying, I want to make the point that I'm not anti-diet. If someone needs to do it for their health, uh, I think it's totally fine. But if, you know, there was a girl coming to me who is a size 10 and she's saying, I want to go on a diet, I'd go, I'd ask her first of all, why? And try and listen to those reasons because it probably, probably is a bit of a sweeping saying probably isn't due to her health. Probably is because I want to get smaller thighs or I want to get a flatter stomach. And if someone wants to go on a diet for those reasons, that is where it is the diet culture that is coming in and playing into effect. And that is where I feel that dieting is not going to help them because actually your issues are more deep rooted than that. Your issues are you're trying to conform to societal pressures to look a certain way. So I feel like there's no straightforward clear answer um for you other than to say that i am not personally anti-diet if it's done for health reasons I, I, and it's done sensibly and it you know uh, the word sensible is key there i feel like it's okay but if you're just doing it because you feel you don't suit a certain look that you should then I think it can be a, a very dangerous route to go down. Yeah. And do you know what? I actually feel like there's a lot of people that will agree with you, but not a lot of people talk about it uh, online because of the cancel culture, because it's an unpopular opinion. It is genuinely. an unpopular opinion. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my opinion will change in another year's time, but I do struggle with it. You know, if someone says, look, for my health, I need to lose weight. Maybe the word diet is the wrong word to use. Maybe we should say, okay, because the word diet has a lot of negative connotations to it. So maybe I, I would say, let's start introducing healthy eating and exercise to your to regime. Because exercise is more than just, you know, we've spoken about it before, it's more than just losing weight. It's about, you know, helping your mental health as well. So maybe phrasing it and rather than saying, I'm going on a diet, say, I'm going to try and I'm going to eat healthier and I'm going to start to incorporate some exercise. And maybe that's a better way to say it. Absolutely. And this is exactly what I said to my friend the other day. I said to her, what's important? Because she was having this battle between like, oh, you know, I want to be part of the movement and I feel like I'm going against it if I like want to lose all of this weight. I said, right, let's t take it back. What's important to you? Okay. She said, I want to be stronger, healthier and tidier. That was her three things. And I said, well, that's an affirmation in itself. So I want to be stronger, tidier. So I am stronger. I am tidier. I am healthier. And, you know, if that's important to you, then bring it into existence. But how are you going to do that? 
if she then turned around to me and said, I am going to stop eating and I'm only going to go on a protein diet. And then I'd be like, is there other ways that you could possibly do it? But she didn't. She said, you know, I'm going to go back to the gym. And she said, you know, for my mental health as well, like, I love it there. It's like me time. She also said that I'm going to go for walks more. Um, you know, I'm now, she got this um, two litre bottle that she's like, you know, committed to drinking. She's now gone like plant based. That's a choice of hers. So she's gone like this is all really good stuff and I don't think it should be seen as a negative like because she wants to lose the weight to feel good and that was her words like you know what's important to you okay those three things but also feeling good and I think if there is you know a a diet like plant-based diet right that is a diet at the end of the day like you just said because diet has this like negative connotation attached to it but if someone goes on a plant-based diet, it's seen positively. So I guess it's the fad diets where we're like, okay, they're, they're not that good for you. You know, you're not actually putting the right nutrients into your body. But the way that I also see this, I don't have time to eat like I did, Leah, just because... and people may say, well, you should make it a priority. No, no, no. If you were a fly on the wall in the morning I don't have a lot of time and I do prioritize you know having a shower having a pee you know exercising in the morning because that's the only time I get when my little boy goes down for a nap and I'm talking 30 to 40 minutes here that's my window so that's I'll literally do all of that quickly and then he wakes up then I'm getting dressed you know and by the time you know I'm actually gone to eat it's like 11 12 o'clock you know by the time I've fed him as well so for me it's like okay I need something really quick so I do have a shake in the morning that has like 25 different nutrients in it and it is it's got protein in it um and I'm not gonna say the brand but the reason why I have that is because I'd rather have that then have nothing. And like someone may say to me, oh, that's really bad. But if I try to cook eggs and do avocado in the morning, I wouldn't be able to eat it. Like it's just my lifestyle at the moment. So I'm just coming from a personal perspective here. Um, It doesn't, you know, and that may be unpopular, but that's reality. Like, and I think it's much better to get something in you than not to eat at all. And you know? going back to your friend, I think what was really key there, what you said to me was two of her her goals were stronger and healthier. Now, when yeah. they're your goals, they sound like very positive goals towards towards what she's doing for me. If her goals were like mine were, I want to make my thigh gap bigger. My stomach needs to be as flat as a washboard my booty needs to get more peachy like Kim Kardashian. You know, if they were her goals, that is diet where diet culture has come in and had a negative impact and where it can be dangerous and what can quite often lead to eating disorders. But if your goal is to be stronger and to be healthier, I mean, I always have to say this with a caveat of just be wary, you know, have it in the back of your mind about what could happen. But they do sound like healthy goals to me, what your friend said. And and ultimately, 
I would never shame anyone personally. I would never shame anyone for losing weight, for gaining weight and whatever someone chooses to do with their body is up to them. But I, but I definitely would strongly try and discourage people from going on dangerously uh, dangerous diets, which are very restrictive, uh, which is what I started off doing because they can cause issues like they did with me and like they did with you. I remember going on a juice diet years ago and, you know, it was seen as like, you know, you detox and all of this. It was the worst thing that I ever did because I actually was so unwell on it. Like I would wake up with banging headaches. I would be starving and I thought this was good for me. No, it it was not good for me. I'm sorry, if you're having those kind of effects, then that can't be good for your body seriously can it yeah and they'll say it's all to do with uh, getting the um toxins out of your body and that's what happens and things like that but nothing like that is ever sustainable and the weight will go back no. on these people yeah. that do any sort of um a lot of these meal replacement diets are very popular and a lot of them are sold by celebrities or you know influencers and you will lose weight on them you will because you're not eating you're replacing food with something like 200 calories and you, if you stick to that sort of thing, you will lose weight. But what happens when you go back to eating food? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The weight will go back on. And it's not healthy to stay on those things long term. It really, really isn't. I mean, I wouldn't say it's healthy to go on them full stop. But I mean, there's so many diets around and you and I have probably tried so many of them and keto and Atkins and shakes and you know, I've tried Weight Watchers and Slimming World. I mean, obviously, I did successfully lose a lot of weight. I lost nine stones, so I did do it. But I just think there's a big caveat to come in with uh, losing weight. And I don't actually, you know, I, the size I was when I was size 24, I did need to lose weight for my health. I did. And I wouldn't ever go back and say I shouldn't have gone on a diet. But the problem was there was no awareness back then of the diet culture, the diet industry, what dieting can do. And I got obsessed with it because I was obsessed with looking a certain way. I didn't go on a diet for my health. I went on a diet because how I looked. And that, and then and the slimmer I got, the more praise I got. And that's the key. You literally just nailed it on the head, Leah, because that's it. Like, that's the difference. So you went on these things because, like, you, you wanted to look a certain way, not actually because of the health benefits or losing weight to make you feel good. And I think that's the two different ways of looking at it. Hopefully nobody listening to this is actually like just cancelling us because we're having this conversation. I think it's something that we actually need to talk about. Like if if you want to lose weight, I, I wanted to lose my post-baby weight. I had post-baby weight. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I was okay with it. Like I wanted to lose that weight. And, you know, it's, it. look, my body is still there. My overhang is slightly there, but it's better looking than it was. And it was because I've lost the weight there. But I did it because I wanted to get into my dresses and feel good. I wanted to feel like me again. And, you know, that hasn't been by doing anything extreme. And it hasn't been doing it because I've been influenced by anyone else. And that's the difference between if you're then doing it because like you were doing it, Leah, back back then, because it's like you were getting praise for being, you know, skinnier and because it was you wanted to look a certain way because you were influenced by what was around you. That's a whole different story, I think. Yeah. 
totally. Hopefully we're not going to get cancelled after this podcast. <laughs> and, and I'm very open to change. I'm very open to other opinions on it, on, on everything. And my opinions have changed massively over the years. So I'm not going to say that you could hear me in six months time and say something different. But for now, Absolutely. I, I'm not anti-diet, but it needs to be done in the right context. And your mindset needs to be in the right place. And if your mindset is I'm doing this to look better, to look a certain way, to meet certain standards that society has set, you're on a dangerous path. Absolutely. And then, you know, it can spiral from there, can't it? And it's it's definitely a slippery slope. Just kind of going back to my friend having this conversation, like she does come from also eating disorders. And this is where, you know, when we're having this chat and quite openly, it's just to make sure she's doing it in the right way, that she's not going to go back down that slippery slope because it's very easily done. And you'll know this more than anyone, like it takes over your life. Like, that's all you can think about. Like, from the minute you wake up, it's like, I don't know if you ever did this. I looked in the mirror. The first thing I did in the morning was look in the mirror to see how flat my stomach was, like, to see if I looked slimmer today because I was on this, you know, this journey of trying to be skinnier and skinnier rather than what was important, you know, waking up, being grateful to be here, all that kind of stuff, rather than... (laughs) Like looking at, it consumes you, like if you go down that path. It's exhausting. I did a post on that once and I said it's just exhausting to hate your body. And it yeah. absolutely was. It was on my mind 24-7. I just constantly thought about how I looked, what I was going to eat, what I shouldn't be eating, what exercise I'd done, how I looked, how fat I was, how awful I was, what I was going to wear, how awful I looked. It was just a constant, constant battle circling in my head 24-7. And it was exhausting. And I did it for over over 10 years absolutely exhausting takes up so much space in your mind that I that you wish you had for other things Leah you did that for over a decade yeah (laughs) it's crazy crazy so what can someone listening to this learn from you like how do we achieve that kind of body confidence mindset how do we get there well I think going back to what I said previously if you are a social media user which I'd imagine if you're listening to this you probably are is fill your feed with positive influences around that if there are people that accounts that you watch and they make you feel bad mute them unfollow them and follow so many different accounts that talk about body confidence and body acceptance and people that look like you and people that maybe are larger than you and smaller than you have different shape body different size bodies different body abilities um i think that is really really important and it really helps drum into you that we're more than our body we are here for so much more. Life is too short. Life is precious. We, the last year, we should we should know that. Life is so precious, and you don't want to spend it with those sort of mind thoughts that I had for over a decade in, in your head. It's just far too short for that. Enjoy what your body does for you every day. That it gets you up, gets you out of bed, helps you go to work, meet people, do exercise. Enjoy those, and enjoy life. Don't spend it with those sorts of thoughts in your mind. And I think following the right influence on social media has has had a massive impact on me. And I really rate that as something to do, definitely, for others. So, Leah, how do you deal with body comparison online and offline? Oh, well, this used to be something I used to do a lot. Prior to social media, I used to compare myself to my friends all the time, all the time, and how I looked and how they looked. And I would get annoyed. I'd see friends at work and there's me with my little salad at lunch. 
they're knocking back a Subway and a big grab bag of crisps and a chocolate brownie and then have a snack of a cake and they're half my size you know I was sitting there punishing they didn't work out I was there working out I was there counting my calories and I'm like how are they that size you know and I hated myself for it but a quote that I've heard recently which I love and it's so so true it drums it into you really if we all ate exactly the same food and all worked out exactly the same amount every day we would still look different our genetics do play a part in how we look. And that's why that friend at work I was just talking about, she obviously had a high metabolism or something, had something in her which meant she could eat a large amount of food and not put on weight. And there are people like that out there. And then there was me who could just look at food and I'd put on weight. And you might say that's not fair, but life isn't fair. Life is not fair. And the sooner you realise that, the, 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 the better it is. We... You can't compare yourself to someone because we are all built so differently. And also, the yeah. other thing is comparison is a thief of joy. And that is one of my favourite quotes as well. It's so, so true. You're wasting your life and enjoyment in life if you're going to sit and compare yourself. And that doesn't just go for looks. That goes for the job you've got, the size house you've got, the partner, the kids, um, the money, the car, whatever it is. If you're going to sit and compare yourself to others, there's always going to be people out there with so-called, I'm going to say some inverted quotes, better, better body, better life, whatever you might think than, than, than what you have, always. You're never going to win at that game if you compare. You're never going to win at a comparison game. So why even try? The only person that you should be looking at is yourself and not trying to make your body better than your body previously was, but trying to make yourself better than you are as a person. I believe in self-growth. I think it's really, really important. You're never too old to to stop learning, stop growing as a person. Um, but yeah, I think comparison is just never going to be helpful, beneficial for you at any point. And I listen to a lot of podcasts by a lot of different people. And I know if you if you listen to any of them by very successful business people, you will hear them say that they never, ever compare themselves. It, it's not a winner's mindset to compare. It's not. And it is just dangerous. It's not going to do anything but bring negativity and, and uh, to your life. So it, it's easily done, especially on social media, when you're scrolling through and you're seeing girls in bikinis and they look what you feel you might want to look like. I know what that feeling is like, but what you look like is not the be all and end all. And there's so much more important things to your life and to you than the way you look. So those thoughts sort of start coming to your head. You've got to banish them, totally banish them because they're just never going to be any good for you. No. And, you know, you have to interrupt the the thought pattern, don't you? As in, you, know, you have to say to yourself, like, you know, you're comparing. One of my favorite quotes is you're comparing your chapter one to someone's chapter 20. And even if you admire them, and you're like, oh, I'd love to, how do they have that? Or how have they done that? But, you know, that's what I want. Well, be inspired by that person. I actually say, like, turn comparison into inspiration. Like, be inspired. Like, that person's clearly, you know, the reason why you actually, you know, you're looking to that person is because you like what they've achieved or done. And then look at yourself and go, okay, well, what action can I take to actually make myself feel better or 
better myself in, like you were saying, self-development. Like there's always something more that we could be doing. And if we were to look at ourselves more and realise, okay, well, I'm not there in, in my business because I procrastinate, you know, like, okay, well, you need to sort that out then. As in like, you know, what are you going to do? to stop procrastinating how can you break it down and take steps to to get where you want to be rather than comparing yourself to someone else because you have no idea how that person really got there and they may have spent hours doing something or I mean if we take it just back to body image you know I used to fill my feed with fitness models I used to compare my body which is a naturally curvy body and you know I I like you Leah put on weight um I've got an underactive thyroid as well so that contributes so I've got health reasons as well I will never be like that person who's got abs and she's naturally genetically gifted and she probably works out because she's a, tr- a personal trainer a couple of times a day. You know, she works with her clients as well. You know, she's constantly on the move. I'm not. I'm sat at a desk. So there's also you might be comparing yourself to people who are completely like not even attainable and you need to bring yourself back down to reality don't you and also you don't know how those people have got there so talking about that exact point is there's been a lot of celebrities in the past who have lost a lot of weight released these fitness dvds and they've gone on to do shows you know to go and sell their dvds to say that they're the best health they've ever been they they love themselves they feel great they feel fantastic years later they've put weight on and they've admitted that they put themselves through basically starving themselves diet pills all sorts of things to get to that so they could just literally release the DVD and make the money because they had that pressure. They'd signed the contract that they had to do that DVD and lose the weight. And what they did was ridiculously un- unhealthy to get there, ridiculously unhealthy. And they regret, there's so many of them regret doing it. And I can think of at least three celebrities that have admitted that now and, and, and gone down that road. And it's the same with these fitness influencers that you talk about. Um, Charlotte, I'm not saying this, I don't want to be a sweeping statement, across all fitness people, but I can imagine there are definitely some of those people there with eating disorders who, or use steroids, who will, again, we also know with Instagram, in particular, people will take pictures in a certain way to make them look a certain way and they don't actually look like that. They will edit themselves with editing apps as well on top of that. So there is no point comparing when all these things have come into play. What you might be seeing might not even be real. which is yeah (laughs) which is one of the biggest things in social media is so much what you see just is not real yeah yeah just kind of speaking I mean when this comes out we would have you know lockdown would have been lifted and we would be out but I know that so many women have had anxiety around you know getting dressed and, and going out and it just reminded me as well of you know every summer I feel like a lot of women have the same anxieties, you know, because they're wearing a lot less. Um, you know, the sun makes you chafe. Like I have thighs that chafe. I have to put stuff on them to like help them because otherwise they would just burn. Other things like, you know, cellulite in the sun. People are worried about wearing shorts. And hopefully, you know, with the body positivity movement, that actually people feel more confident. But there will still be women that are listening to this that won't feel confident post-lockdown or 
summer. So what would you say to someone who's worried about this? I hadn't felt feel ya. <laughs> I I'm not adverse to those feelings. I, I completely feel them. I I've put a lot of weight on in lockdown myself and I was talking to some friends last night and talking about going out out. And I said, actually, I haven't been out out since 2019 because obviously COVID hit early 2020. Oh but actually, it's Whoa. 2019 since I went out out. Yeah. That's so crazy, we, were, we were talking about this and um, they were saying we should get something booked in. And even last night, well, the, the fear hit me like, what am I going to wear? I don't look anything like I used to look. So, I know what those those thoughts and feelings are like and those fears, whether it's coming out of lockdown or whether it's coming into summer months um, and more skin is going to be on shows, supposedly to wear less because it's hotter. One of my big bits of advice is, for me, I've grown out of nearly all my clothes. So if you can afford to, definitely buy clothes that fit because there's nothing that makes you feel worse than trying to squeeze into clothes that do not fit, that make you feel uncomfortable, that then you you need when you look in the mirror, you can see things don't fit. It will just make you feel bad about yourself. So if you can afford to buy a size that fits you, it doesn't matter what number is on that tag. Don't worry, ignore that. You will feel so much better if you're wearing clothes that fit you. So that is the number one thing. And with a new season coming up, that's what I plan on doing. Summer coming, I, I literally pretty much need a whole new summer wardrobe. So I'm going to invest in some new clothes. And I think that is is one big thing. Also about telling yourself that, again, how you look is not going to determine your worth as a person. And cellulite is completely okay. And stretch marks is okay. And you, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. You're not going to listen to this podcast and wake up tomorrow and be like, I love myself. This is great. This is something that will take time. You can continually hear this stuff. It's like very subliminal you know, continually hear it, listen to podcasts, read books, go on social media, whatever it might be. And when you look back in a year's time, hopefully you'll see how much you've grown. So surround yourself with this sort of stuff. Continually tell yourself positive affirmations, like you were saying earlier, Charlotte. And yeah, and sometimes there are going to be days where you don't feel great. It's, it's, you, I, don't, I think even the most confident person would be lying if they said they woke up every day and felt amazing there are going to be days where you don't feel that confident in how you look and that's okay and in other days you will feel great yeah and I think as well get used to like looking at yourself in the mirror with those those things on and being positive about yourself rather than looking which comes quite naturally to us because of the way that we're conditioned I'm pretty sure that you've done this Leah look in the mirror and say something really nasty to yourself and I call it our inner bully because you're bullying yourself you're bullying your body and it's you know that negative inner critic in your head that will instantly come well just like reframe that reframe that reframe how you speak to yourself and speak about your body and get used to seeing yourself like when you look at yourself in the mirror I think look at yourself where there is light where you can see things like um, your cellulite. Don't look at yourself in like the dark room type of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Get used to your body. Take pictures too. Like take pictures and be nice about it. But don't also let it become 
everything that you're doing either. Like enjoy, at the end of the day, if there's one thing that we've learned in lockdown is, you know, we've been apart from our friends and family and like enjoy that time. Don't get swept up in how you look or your body image because that's just wasted time. Absolutely. That time and it, it takes up so much mental energy, like we were saying earlier, you just you just don't need it in your life. And agree about taking photos and looking at yourself. Um, I think it's a really positive step with accepting your body. And I, I'm never one to say you've got to love your body. It's about accepting your body. I think that's a much more realistic target to have. So having pictures and looking at yourself in the mirror is one of those things that would definitely help you yeah absolutely and um you kind of do a lot of content around like mid styling which I love can you just explain what mid styling is and how you can help so I've been into fashion for as long as I can remember I've loved it and I originally started as a fashion blogger donkey years ago before I got into all this body confidence stuff so fashion was how I started and um, I am now like a really big advocate of doing mid-size styling and fashion and I think we talked earlier about how years ago we were only presented with very slim models very skinny models you know the catwalk models were all extremely thin even magazine models were and I you know brands are listening and they're doing plus size models and quite often now you can see brands like in the style doing a great job and they are showing clothes on a slim model and then a plus size model you've got asos also leading the way there they're showing stretch marks and they're they're promising not to airbrush anything and again they're using plus size models you've got lots of plus size ranges Uh, it's absolutely fantastic we've got more to go but it's great that the way we've come but the kind of people in between the mid-size people there's not as much representation um, for them. So it's great that we've got representation for the, the slim people and the, the plus, but we need the full range. When I, I just got to caveat this with as well, that this, when I say the full range, I also mean full range in terms of races, in terms of abilities, in terms of sexual um, orientation, all of that, genders. Like we need to have more diverse representation of everyone. So not, I'm not just here talking to sizes, but when it comes to that mid-sized range, you know, we aren't seeing models on ASOS of sort of my size or on other websites of my size. It's the slim, it's the plus size and nothing in between. And as you probably know, if you're going to go and buy a dress or an outfit, to be able to really get an idea of whether it's going to look good on you, it really helps if you're seeing it on someone of your similar size. And so that's where the mid-sized styling comes in. And I'm a size 14 now and um, even when I was uh, sort of 10 and 12 people really enjoyed seeing that sort of content that that similar size so I really enjoy buying clothes wearing in myself styling it and helping other women find styles they might not have thought of um, items and showing how to wear them in a way which can complement the mid-size figure and it is a rising trend which is great to see and there's more and more girls doing it which is fantastic and I'm really hoping that brands start to take that up and start to represent the mid-size style as well. Yeah I mean you do a fantastic job online like I love seeing what you put on and actually again giving women confidence in wearing things like that they feel like they probably couldn't wear or you dress for your shape really well and I think that's 
something that's really important as women, like, you know, knowing your shape and then kind of dressing it, whether it's the underwear or, you know, the clothes that you put on. I think that makes a massive difference to your confidence because, you know, as soon as I put on some nice underwear and wear something that suits my shape rather than wear underwear that cuts in, it makes me feel differently. Um, and the same goes with I know my body shape now, so I have to buy. I mean, I usually buy the same dress, but in a different design because I know that that, that works. Yeah, I do the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think accessories is so important as well. Accessories really can make an outfit and really make you feel amazing, whether it's a belt or some jewellery or a handbag, some shoes and how they all come together. And anyone listening will know how great it feels when you put an outfit on and you look in the mirror and you think damn I look good like and that could be the cut of it it could be what you styled it with and I want you know all women to experience that and I love giving little hacks sometimes on how you can style things and yeah I'm really I I love fashion I love it love it love it and um, even throughout all my sizes that I've been, I've always been a fashion whore, basically. I <laughs> love clothes and shopping and, and buying them. So, yeah, I'm just really pleased that other girls like my style and, and like what I recommend. Amazing. So um, we're kind of coming to like the end of the interview now. What is the best piece of advice you could give to someone to have a healthier body image? I this is a really tough this is really tough you're not asking tough questions it's hard to give just one piece of advice but know that you are so much more important than how you look you are so much more than how you look and if you were to ask your friends and family three words to describe you I can guarantee that none of your friends and family will do anything to do with your looks. They will describe you. you. They will say she's fun, she's flirtatious, she's intelligent, she's um, ambitious, she's bright, whatever it might be. None of them will be describing how you look because that is not important to any of them. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And there's one last question that I always ask all my guests at the end of every interview and it's quite a deep one (laughs) how have you turned your pain into purpose well for me I think as much as I went through all that pain for all those years and knowing now that I what I'm doing can help others that is my purpose that it I might have gone through pain for a long time but it's amazing now that I can either help women stop getting to the point I did or help women out of the point that I was in. And I get, that just brings me so much joy. That gives me my purpose every day to know that I can try and help women feel better about themselves. And what greater gift is there than to make people feel better about themselves? It's just amazing. So that is now how I've turned it around and made it into a purpose. Amazing. And where can everybody find you, Leah? They can find me on Instagram, usually being a bit of an idiot, um <laughs> uh on instagram stories anyway um i'm on devoted to pink on instagram amazing well it's been lovely having you to discuss like body confidence acceptance and you know hopefully nobody cancels this <laughs> after this conversation <laughs> fingers crossed no, i mean i think there'll be a lot of people that will relate to a lot of what we've said and this is the whole point in the podcast is that you know let's get unfiltered let's talk about things that maybe people are a little bit scared to talk about online it's it's you know you, we can go deeper we can have those debates and like you said 
it's not fixed mentality. You can change your mind in a few years time. And we may do, we may change our mind in, you know, next week, who knows, but um, it's good to have these conversations and I've loved having you on as a guest. So thank you very much. I have loved thank being you. here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please subscribe, download and leave me a review. If you learned something new or just really enjoyed this episode, then why don't you share it with others by screenshotting it and sharing it on your stories. And don't forget to tag me so that I can see it. If you're interested in life or business coaching with me or any of my programs, then please head to www.charlottejonesy.com for more information. Hope to speak with you soon. If not, I will see you in next week's episode. Lots of love. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.